0: Welcome to Human Dreaming, the podcast for curious dreamers. Today, our guest is Jackie Blue. She's a filmmaker, hypnotherapist, and a writer, raising her five sons in Southern California. She has a lifetime background in theater and writing. After leaving an abusive marriage, she put herself through film school moved across the country and released her first film in 2014. Beautiful Births was an internationally acclaimed film by its viewers. She was then one of 10 directors selected by James Franco for his masterclass, Sex Scenes. She went on to work with Jared Padalecki and Tones in her suicide awareness documentary and then became a hypnotherapist Specializing in childbirth and past life regressions. Jackie Blue, welcome to Human Dreaming. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Such a delight to have you. And um, I also, you know, wanted to add on to your bio another thing that I'm aware of that um, I think is really exciting and maybe exciting for some of the listeners, which is that you have just recently released your own. Um, birth hypnosis package which is called beautiful births and it dovetails really nicely with your documentary yeah
1: well the documentary is called beautiful births and the hypnotherapy program is actually called beautiful hypnosis births
0: perfect yes um so beautiful hypnosis births and uh i believe you and i both have used hypnosis for childbirth so we're both
1: familiar with how incredibly powerful it is yes and uh, i just mentioned it yeah. like Dawned on me while we're talking about birth, and this is about dreams. Hello, prenatal dreams are the most vivid dreams I've ever had in my life. I've never dreamed like I dreamed when I was pregnant. Yes,
0: yeah, they are very intense. There's so much going on, and obviously in our bodies and with our hormones, but also in the subconscious mind, preparing for all of the amazing changes. And you also have another consciousness in your body obviously when you're pregnant as well so that can really affect it and that that little being is dreaming as well so or for you in your case you had one of your pregnancies was two beings so
1: (laughs) so that was and it's funny because one of the most memorable dreams that i had it should have been a nightmare but it wasn't because it wasn't scary but when i like tell you the visual of it, it it should have been a nightmare (laughs) But, um, it was when I was pregnant with the twins that I had this dream and it stuck with me because it was so vivid and it was, um, me and my husband, um, in a battlefield, Mm. but we weren't bodies. We were floating heads. We were floating heads, fighting in a war with each other. And yeah, I'm pregnant with twins. It's not making sense. I'm like, why, you know, I didn't understand the dream at all. I still don't understand it but it was so vivid, I never forgot it. Mm. Wow, that sounds really intense. Did you ever end up analyzing that dream?
2: never have,
1: it's funny because I'm sitting here like talking to you and thinking about it and it's like, wow, it's always been there. Like I've always remembered it, but I never thought to even think about, huh, what did that possibly, I mean, I look at the way the marriage ended. Yeah. maybe it was a premonition. (laughs) I should have had someone analyze it like when I had it um but looking back it's it I think it definitely was foretelling of the relationship sure
0: yeah well uh perhaps you know when we're offline we can do a little analyzing of that dream if it if it seems like there you know is any any nuggets of wisdom left over from
1: that (laughs) no I think that whole honestly that whole relationship is done like I don't even really think about it anymore but that mm. one dream I always just thought it was so because like I said I've never dreamed as vividly as I did when I was pregnant mm. so that was just something I thought of you know you have some pregnant people going to listen to your podcast definitely oh. like you know <laughs> definitely I get some pregnant women to talk to you about their dreams and what they're currently dreaming about because I think it's fascinating while well, we're on the subject of dreams I just thought to mention that to you. Absolutely. I think that's a brilliant idea and um I'm going to add that to my list. <laughs> yeah, get a hold of your midwives and be like, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm doing, you can edit all this out, but like, you know, but tell them what you're doing because I think having some pregnant women share their dreams, those would be really interesting to analyze, I think for you and as well for them get some clarity. So strange, the pregnancy dreams. And at first I thought it was just me. Until I talked to other pregnant people and was like, oh, wow, it's not just me. Okay. Everybody dreams crazy when they're pregnant.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And that does remind me that I do want to interview my midwife because she has the most amazing story about having a dream. Um, I won't give it away because we'll <laughs> we'll probably interview her at some point. But basically, she had a dream that was a calling. And she was trying to figure out what this dream meant and then realized That it meant that she should be a midwife. And so, definitely, we'll be talking more about pregnancy and pregnancy dreams and
1: all of the crazy stuff that goes with that. It's a whole phenomenon, the whole pregnancy dreaming thing. Yeah, it
0: really is. So, speaking of dreams, what do dreams mean to you? What is the definition of dreaming?
1: Well, there's, you know, there's, I think, the the general dreams of sleep dreams, right? But for me, um, when I think of what dreams are to me or I look at my kids and, you know, dreams are what you want, your desires. I think I can, in my mind, I relate dreams with desires. So your deepest desire would be your deepest dream. Uh, and that's, you know, uh, and I'm always, I've always been a daydreamer as well. So. Mm-hmm. So you're
0: kind of looking at the the multi-definition of the sleep dreams but then also your desires being expressed through your subconscious and
1: oh yeah i think uh, and i think fantasy dreaming is um you know as we've learned with defense mechanisms and as hypnotherapists um but but i think fantasy is also very healthy um (laughs) at times not when not when it goes overboard and becomes you know becomes a problem but um, but I think fantasies and daydreams, I think those can be healthy for the mind at times, especially when you're under stress. I look at dreams as an escape. So that's, that's for me, daydreaming was always, if I was, in, if I was bored or sitting somewhere I didn't want to be in a classroom, mm-hmm. um, I would always daydream my fantasy life in my head of where I actually wanted to be. Do you remember any of your fantasies from when you were a kid, when you were daydreaming in the classroom? Yeah, I always well, I wanted to be a rock star, so I daydream about being a rock star and playing on stage, and uh, which I can't play in any instruments, by the way, um, and I don't sing in front of people either. So how was I ever going to materialize that? I don't know. Um, there was no encouragement in my life for that dream, so that for that fantasy of mine. So, um, so I love music, and because I always had that that dream and that fantasy and that world of. of Wanting to be immersed in music when I graduated from high school, actually, the last year I was in high school, I ended up doing a recording arts project and tried out what it would like to what it would be like to be a record producer and brought in some people to record and it was really cool and a lot of fun. So then I went to full sale. I wanted to be a record producer. And then the reality hit me of um, I think the film industry is hard. Forget it. <laughs> So, but yeah, that was was a dream of mine that was shattered. Um, And I, you know, in my adult life, it it was something that was devastating to me when I realized, oh my God, I'm never gonna have this. But at the same time, realistically, I didn't have those skills. I never practiced playing guitar. So when I look at it subconsciously, I was never really encouraging myself towards that fantasy either. Mm -hmm. You know, I do know something
0: about you though, which is that you did in turn encourage your children to do that. And your children are practically rock stars as teenagers already. So.
1: <laughs> because because I didn't get that encouragement. When I told my parents I wanted to be a rock star, um, they would laugh at me, tell me that was a pipe dream. Ha ha ha. Millions of people want to be that. Only 1% makes it. Uh, I was discouraged. I was actively discouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, and my parents did buy me a guitar once, but never any lessons. It was like here <laughs> sink or swim type of thing. So when my kid came to me and had this rock star dream, the last thing in the world I was going to do was discourage him because I knew how bad that felt so yeah when he uh when my son said, I want to play guitar, a friend of mine gifted him or an acquaintance gifted him a guitar and he hasn't put it down since. So i I fully encourage and support, um, my kids dreams because my parents never supported mine. And I know how bad that felt. I didn't want to pass that torch down.
0: Sure. I believe in dreams. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you ended up finding, you know, other dreams that were fulfilling to you.
1: Yeah, that's, I guess being a daydreamer as a kid, um, It, you know, it it wasn't just one dream, even though that was probably the main dream. That's the, that was the fantasy that I escaped into the most Mm -hmm. and enjoyed the most in my mind. Maybe it will serve to make some great screenplays later on. Um, But, but there were other dreams as well. And I've always been um, in the world of theater. And that was something I didn't consciously think of as a dream per se. Mm -hmm. But, um, but when I look at my Subconscious actions and, and the steps I did take in life. It was always in theater. It was always writing, writing. Uh, I started writing plays in high school. It was cool. <laughs> I was, you know, writing these characters and then watching my classmates perform them. I loved that. Um, so early on, I got that taste of directing and that whole world that I later then um, and and now more immersed in. Um, so even though I had the fantasy of the rock star dream. My actions, my subconscious actions, weren't even supporting that, but they were fully supporting this film dream that I didn't even think of as a conscious dream back then. Mm. It's funny. I'm like having this realization as I'm talking to you about it. So <laughs> yeah. How, how do dreams affect your daily life now as an adult? Um, well, it's kind of it's funny because as an adult, I find myself in film and hypnotherapist, and I specialize in um, childbirth with beautiful hypnosis births, like we talked about and, um, and past life regressions. And what's funny about that is when, and I was just thinking about this the other night, knowing that you and I were gonna be talking about dreams and I was kind of looking at everything of where my life is at in 2020 and the different things I've got going on uh, and the things that I'm preparing to launch this year. Um, and I kind of sat back and was like, wait a second, I'm living in LA, I'm making movies, I'm doing past life regressions, I'm writing. I'm getting paid for doing these things. I kind of am close to living my dream. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm financially independent and have the house that I want with the yard that I want, the car that I want. Then I'll be a lot closer to that ultimate dream. But when I look at it, it's like, I, I just had the realization the other night that I'm actually living parts of dreams that I had when I was younger. That's incredible, so there must have been some
0: point that you tapped into those dreams and were able to get your subconscious and conscious mind, you know, that 100% alignment that we often talk about with our clients as hypnotherapists. Um, And for those that don't know, um, you know, roughly 10 to 12% of everything we do today in one day is conscious decision and, the roughly 88 to 90% of the rest of it is all subconscious programming that we have learned, you know, every single action that we take from, you know, brushing and flossing our teeth to tying our shoes and deciding which arm to put into a shirt first and driving to work. Those are all run by our subconscious mind. And we think that we're consciously thinking about things a lot, but a lot of that is actually subconscious, just Refiring of the same neurons over and over so that you can be basically on autopilot. So, we're running around on autopilot most of the time, and when you want to do something, uh, make a dream happen, unless your subconscious mind is on board, that doesn't tend to happen. So, there must have been some point or something that happened that got you on board with your dream subconsciously.
1: It's really funny because, yeah, that's absolutely at some point they had to have gone into alignment because. Consciously, I'm sitting here. I want to be a rock star. I want to be a rock star. I'm gonna be a rock star I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know marry a rock star. I'm gonna be a rock star. I'm gonna have rock star babies. I'm gonna That's, <laughs> the, that's all I wanted right? Um, I Didn't ever have any crushes on actors growing up like if you asked me who my favorite actor was I'd always struggle with I uh, I don't know Robin Williams. I'm just throwing a name out there uh, because, And Robin Williams is a really great actor. He probably is my favorite, but um you know, it's funny because I never consciously, I didn't think of that, the film world. But when I look at the steps, I was always playing with cameras, always. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always writing. I was always, I was always playing with cameras and writing and in the world of theater. And then, so it's like at some point they had to have linked up and I'm not really sure when that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but at some point, maybe in film school. And why did I go to film school? Honestly, when I went to film school, I wasn't even thinking about being a director or writing films. I went to film school because I had been editing and doing video editing. Um, and I had for gifts because I didn't have any money. Two of my friends had gotten married and I made their wedding videos for them because I had, It's was like, I don't, I don't have money to get them a gift, but I can do this for them, which will save them money. And, and, you know, I can, so that was my contribution to my friends' weddings. And then people were telling me, you know, you can make good money doing video editing. And, I'm sitting here like struggling, raising five kids. Really? I can make good money doing what I'm doing for free. Why am I doing this for free? So when I went to film school initially, it was not for writing or directing. I initially went to make money doing video editing. Mm -hmm. And while I was there is when I think things must have linked up in the subconscious and conscious mind where Mm -hmm. it must've all clicked. and it's, it, I'm realizing this as I'm talking to you. It's funny because it, wasn't even like a conscious, I wasn't even consciously aware of it until right now. Mm, wow. Thanks. Your <laughs> subconscious wow. must have known what you were good at. Like you mentioned something about like epiphany, like boom. Yeah.
2: Just,
1: with you right now on your podcast. It's <laughs> oh, great.
0: Yes. I love those little instant dreams, otherwise known as epiphanies.
1: <laughs> like, wait a second. I'm realizing and I'm looking at it like, hmm. Wow. Yeah. Thank you.
0: So you know, while we were talking, another thought that came to me is that um, it's okay to leave some dreams um subconscious to be able to escape to them into fantasy land like you know, like you said, you dream of being a rock star, but you have yet no desire to be on stage in front of people um singing in front of people, like in with your conscious mind, it's purely like a subconscious thing. And I think it's totally okay to escape into those too. But you know, like you mentioned earlier, maybe not too often, but just as a place to kind of go and rest in your parasympathetic nervous system and, you know, bring your nerves down. I think it's great to have those places to escape too. Oh,
1: yeah, so. totally. It, it definitely helped me during my teenage years when I dealt mm. with depression. And, um, when I was dealing with other things in life, or like I said, sitting in a board, board at a class or a lecture or, um, not, not necessarily classes, but, um, religious settings, places I didn't want to be, or mm-hmm. was born out of my skull, escaping into that fantasy really helped me, <laughs> it helped me to maintain being where I was. Do
0: you have a memorable sleeping dream that changed or affected your life in some way?
1: Yes. Um, so this dream was i think i might have told you this once before um it was a psychic dream where my cat talked to me and this changed my life in a few different ways well because in that moment i realized that my cats are actually communicating like you know everything is energy right and so i realized my cat could communicate with me through this dream it was really interesting um she was pregnant and I just, I had a dream that my cat spoke to me and said, I'm, don't put me outside. We had indoor outdoor cats. And she said, don't put me outside today. I'm going to have my babies. So I'm a high school kid at this time. And I tell my mom, don't put Trixie outside. She came to me in a dream and she told me she's gonna have her babies today. And my mom laughs it off. Ha ha ha, ridiculous. Cats can't talk to you. You're silly. She puts the cat outside. I get a call after high school, uh, after school, I went to my boyfriend's house. Mm-hmm. So I get a call, I'm at my boyfriend's house. I get a call from my stepdad, freaking out. Trixie's under our neighbor's bush and there's a lot of blood and, and we, we can't get to her. And the neighbor thought that her dog had attacked my cat. Mm-hmm. I come home and go get my cat. And it turns out, nope, she had four kittens. So, um, so that was one of those, like, it was the first time I've ever had a psychic dream
2: mm-hmm. and,
1: It put the idea in my head that when my animals come to me in dreams, I should listen to what they're saying. It might actually mean something. It might not just be a silly dream. So that was pretty profound. And that was another dream that always stuck with me because it was so profound.
0: Yeah, that is really profound. And um, that is actually predictive and psychic dreams are one of my favorite topics because uh, just real quickly before having gone to... HMI and become a hypnotherapist I really was into dreams but I had had enough predictive dreams that it kind of freaked me out and I wasn't a very woo-woo or metaphysical type of person I wanted like an explanation for it because so I actually stopped a dream journaling after a while because there were so many of them and they kept happening like in real life and it was just kind of creeping me out. And so once we got to HMI and learned the whole reason of why and really how powerful our subconscious is at predicting things like that and being able to connect with other animals, like the same way that we walk into a room and know the mood that somebody's in without even having to say a word, you know? We have all these other clues that we just kind of write off, you know, but they really are contributing to the information that we store in our subconscious and that's why, these dreams can be so powerful, they're giving us all of this information that our conscious minds don't have the ability to process, so, right, yeah, I really love, I love that dream, yeah,
1: Um, I I think it's really, dreams are really interesting, because of what you just said, because it's, our, our conscious minds can't process a lot of the information, and so I started paying attention, I get really upset when I don't dream, or don't remember my dreams, because we're not really upset, but like, I get disappointed when I don't remember my dreams because I feel like there's some information that maybe I need to know or be aware of that might help me, or maybe it will just clutter things. I don't know.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: Maybe, maybe we don't need to know everything. Do you have a, um, a memorable, besides the
0: epiphany that you had earlier, but like a memorable daydream or a conscious desire or epiphany that, that hit you out of nowhere that has, that changed the course of your life or affected you
1: in some way? A lot of the ideas that I've had in the last year um, have come in either meditative state, daydreams, or, you know, just random. They just like, just comes to me randomly. Um, Like when certain things, when we were doing, when, when we were, I spent most of last year developing the beautiful hypnosis birds program. Mm -hmm. And while I was doing that, there would just be ideas that would just come to me. I was like, no, we have to do it this way. Or no, let's change this. Or I'm adding this because it was just, boom, there. Just like out of the universe, into my head, whatever. You know how they say like uh, the, the energy in the universe, like if you don't grab it, somebody else will. Like mm-hmm. um, It's like the ideas, like there's only so many ideas and so many people can access them, right? So um, as I'm sitting there like working on things, all, just all of a sudden, no, do it this way, or with the past life thing. You know, I made a past life um, MP3 for my best friend, and then had this whole other idea that it just like sparked this whole other thing. So um it happens quite often to me. <laughs> uh, it's it's I think sometimes too much for me to keep up with, and so my friend told me recently that I need to write things down because mm-hmm. I have too many ideas that come too fast, and they're great ideas, but there's a lot of them. So write them down one at a time.
0: Yeah. One at a time. That is, that is very key. And writing down, as we know with the idiomotor response, also very key. Did you ever have any uh, like recurring dreams or dream themes? Like I dream about houses all the time. I always dream in architecture and I have all these drawings of different houses that if I ever buy that piece of land, I will build that house there.
2: Um,
0: But I've had those since I was a little kid. Do you have any any kind
1: of recurring
2: themes
1: life, throughout your life? Not that I can think of. Um, not consciously, but it's funny when I, like when you were talking about building houses and, and architecture and dreaming in architecture, when I was heavily playing The Sims, I would dream about the houses I was going to build in The Sims or the house, the <laughs> next house I wanted to build in The Sims and the next plot of land. Like I would wake up. With ideas for building Sims houses because I'd be dreaming. And so at that point, I was like, maybe I need to stop playing The Sims for a little while. And then I did, never got back into it. But yeah, when I was heavily playing The Sims, I remember like all of my dreams, all of them were about building Sims houses to the point where I was like, okay, I got to stop this now. This is like a fixation. I don't want to do this all day. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's like a dream within a dream. Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah, because then I'd wake up and be like, oh, I got to go build this house. I just, you know, and And then I play Sims all day, and so like I can't. So I was like, I gotta stop. (laughs) But but as far as recurring dreams uh, and themes, I don't. Not that I can consciously think of. I mean, mostly the rock star thing. That was like Mm -hmm. until I became. When I became a parent is when that ended, Uh, and I was like, well, that's not gonna happen. (laughs) So,
2: um,
1: so at that point, it was like, well, okay, what's the new dream gonna be? And and for a long time, it was. I wanted the happy family life. That was my for for about a decade. That was my dream. That I was willing to. I wanted the family, like the happy. I wanted my husband and I to um, build a, a happy foundation. Like you know, we got together and we were young, and I kept thinking, well, we were just we were young, and he'll grow up, and well, he'll he'll eventually get on the same page as me. And um, and, I, and that was my dream. Like for so long, it was like, I just dreamed of having a happy marriage because my parents didn't. I dreamed of having this like, you know, epic family. Like that's what I wanted: I want to buy land, have my family, grow food, live off the land. That was my, I still want to do that, but not with the husband. <laughs> uh, still want to buy land, build a house, grow food um, with my children. Um, so that that dream has been something that I've actively um i do dream about it at night sometimes when i remember dreams but i dream about it at night because i'll sit up on zillow looking at large plots of land i want to buy to build my cob house or i'm watching cob house videos all night but that has been a recurring dream for like the last 10 years um Mm -hmm. because i wanted the the family life so bad i was willing and this is where i think sometimes life themes or life dreams can be detrimental And why, like what you said was so important about sometimes it's okay to let it go or just be in the fantasy because I wanted that family life so bad, I was willing to overlook red flags and almost get my life taken from me by my Mm ex-husband because of it. So um, I don't think sometimes I think our themes or dreams can be detrimental to us in ways we don't realize, or we're willing to overlook red flags because we want something so bad. We're not willing to see the forest for the trees type of situation because we were so fixated on, I want this and it's so close and I could have it if only, or I could have it, but so if you have to add those buts and ifs, then you might want to find a new dream. Yeah. Um, I've never had like a, yeah I, and that's that's something i've learned recently like um letting go of dreams is okay yeah sometimes i i actually wrote that in a poem recently that it's okay to let go of detrim- it's okay to let go of detrimental fantasies is how i worded it in the poem certainly
0: as you mentioned so many ideas and dreams and things and coming they're all fabulous and we want to have them all expressed but you know as creative people that that becomes overwhelming and so it's like you know at what point do we kind of pick and choose and the the um line between dreaming and awake can be very fuzzy sometimes as we know because when we're in hypnosis it's a type of dreaming when we have an epiphany it's a different kind of dream when we're sleep dreaming in rem it's a different kind of dream you know when we're lucid dreaming it's that really in between place and you know, actually that was an epiphany that I had today in yoga class, which is that basically hypnosis is lucid dreaming, um, you're in the same brainwave state and you're directing the fantasy in your mind. So, but all of that aside, um, do, you, do you keep a dream
1: journal? Or have you ever kept a dream journal? I have tried to keep dream journals, especially when I was going to HMI. That Was in fact one of our homework assignments, and one of our classes was to keep a dream journal. I have tried throughout my life at several different points to have a dream journal, and when I was younger, I think I did. Um, I just didn't get in the habit, the habit didn't stick basically. It's like if I would have a dream that I would remember, I'd write it down um, and then put it and then forget about it. Um, like I used to have dreams about my boyfriend cheating on me, and then I would wake up and get mad at him, and I would in real life be mad at him for not actually cheating on me in real life but in my dream um so and so I would learn to start writing them down and I would you know instead of calling him and you bastard you cheated on me he'd be like what are you talking about I was sleeping. what are you talking about you know um I just write it in a notebook and then be like it was a dream it didn't actually happen and then put it away and not get mad about it Uh, but when I was at HMI I guess I guess there's been a point where I just didn't remember my dreams anymore. So I would wake up and I would wake up with a feeling or a song in my head, but no memory of the dream. So the best I was able to do when I was at HMI attempting to keep dream journal, and I would talk to my mentor about it. I was like, I can't, I'm not, I'm not dreaming. She's like, write the note by the side of your bed. And I'm like, okay, obviously I know I'm dreaming, but I'm not remembering them. So she's like, write the suggestion that you will remember your dreams. So I did that. Nothing was working.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I was um but I would wake up with a feeling. So it's like I would wake up like in a really good mood or with a Led Zeppelin song in my head. So I'm like, well, if I'm waking up with Zeppelin in my head, I couldn't have had a bad dream. That had to have been a good dream. Whatever it was, it must have been a good dream. Yeah. Um, and so, but now it's funny because now um, I've started having remembering fragments of dreams. So I want to actually attempt a dream journal again. My, my kind of personal take on that is that if we're remembering them, there's a reason why.
0: And if we're not remembering them, maybe our brain just needs to process something in private and not necessarily bring it up for us. But, um, you know, if if it's a dream that I do remember, I'll write it down as quickly as I can um, if it seems like it has some sort of message for me for the day. But yeah, yeah I, I think there's a reason why we don't remember our dreams sometimes as well. And you know, obviously that can be external factors, like what kinds of things are you taking into your body? Like, are you drinking two bottles of wine before you go to bed or, you know, taking Ambien or like all of those things can affect it too. But just in general, if we're, we don't necessarily need to remember them all the time. But I do think that when we stimulate those ones that we, we are recalling that there's generally appearing for a reason and maybe there was a period of time where you didn't need to be doubly processing all of that. <laughs>
1: yeah it's yeah i think that's i think that's a good point i don't think we need to know everything i think you know, it's funny my kids will come to me you want to know something yes i want to know everything but then i sit and realize you don't need to know everything We'd will go crazy if we tried to understand everything so i accept that i fully accept there's just some things that my subconscious wants to process keep under wraps my conscious mind doesn't need to be aware of it i mean maybe my subconscious mind always knew that i was going to go into the world of film and my conscious mind was like rejecting that idea because I, I, you're right i didn't want to be on stage i have zero desire to have people looking at me on stage mm-hmm. but i want to write the characters and tell the stories and have them look at other people playing it out on stage <laughs> or film as i kind of i don't really do theater as much now but i think
0: that's brilliant And also you know during that period of time when when you were studying dreams and trying to keep your dream journal and everything that was a time when you were doing a lot of hypnosis and being in hypnosis so you're practically dreaming all day long in addition to that so
1: yeah that's that's very Mm -hmm. consideration yeah we were in hypnosis all day every day that we were at hmi which was great i'm not at all complaining about it um i love the dream state i think it's one of the most peaceful states we can be in. I think that's why people, when they're depressed, they want to sleep because mm-hmm. when you' sleep, you're at peace, you're resting mm-hmm. um, unless, unless you're dealing with nightmares. But you know, if depressed people were having nightmares, they wouldn't be sleeping all the time. So yeah. they'd probably um, be more anxiety ridden than depressed. Right. I think it's I think it, I think sleep um, and dreams can be a good escape. Um, like I said, you know, daydreaming was always a good escape for me. I mean, I do find myself daydreaming as an adult, but not as much as a kid. When I find myself daydreaming as an adult, really, it's more like I'm distracted. I'm doing, I'm working on something and an idea comes in my head and it's like, oh, how am I going to implement this into what I'm doing? So I, before we
0: go, I do want to talk a little bit more about your um, beautiful hypnosis births program, because as we've mentioned, both of us being hypnotherapists, um, and, being in hypnosis is basically a lucid dream. You're kind of in that in-between state between fully waking in a beta state and the alpha-theta sleep state. Um, And it's consciously deciding where you want that dream to go and where you are focusing your attention. So in terms of utilizing hypnosis for childbirth in your program. Can you give us a little bit of an indication of how that works and where? what are the places that you're taking people?
1: So we have, um, I have created six MP3s to go with the program for my clients to continue to listen to and for for practice and to keep Mm -hmm. your mind um, in a positive place during pregnancy to prepare for birth because I know birth is so scary for a lot of people Uh, Yeah, it's it's the unexpected, the not knowing. Um, So I try to put people's minds at ease. And um, we go, one of my favorite one, um, my partners, we were creating it and he was doing the music, he called it our stairway to heaven, um, because we're both big Zeppelin fans. So um, when we were creating that, uh, it's, it's a magical forest. And it's it. when every time, sometimes I will listen to it. He made me just the music of it. So I can listen to it because it, yeah. for me, it puts, it, it, I was like, this is amazing, but I'm not pregnant. So this MP3 isn't going to work for me. And, and so he made me the music of it because I was just like, man, I would love this program if I was pregnant because it does. I just kind of like go to a beautiful, relaxing forest where you're surrounded by nature. And I for me like that's a dream place and seeing around being around other animals giving birth in nature so it's a natural putting the mind at ease and realizing that you're not the first or the last to do this every mammal goes through this it doesn't have to be a scary process it can be a beautiful process i understand the word beautiful can be an oxymoron when used with birth for some people but for me it's not for me you know i absolutely think birth should be a beautiful experience Mm -hmm. sometimes circumstances don't allow for that but my goal with this program is to put their mind at ease and to at least in their mind even if my client has to have a cesarean section for whatever reason I want their mind to be in a peaceful place where they are relaxed because when your mind is relaxed your body's relaxed so even if you have to have a cesarean section you're going to experience less trauma you're going to experience a better a whole better system just because your body and your mind are able to relax. Mm -hmm. So recovery will be easier. Um, There shouldn't be as many complications during the surgery. So I've designed this program for people who are going to give birth um, by themselves, people who are gonna give birth with a midwife in a birth center, at home, hospital, cesarean section, regardless of how or where you're gonna have your baby, this program is designed to cater towards your mental wellness.
0: I love that. And then I also wanted to ask you a little bit about um,
1: the suicide documentary. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so I'm actually going to release that this year. I'm really excited about it. I've been working on this project for the last five years. Uh, Jared Padalecki got involved. Tones got involved. Kevin Briggs, who was a guardian of the Golden Gate Bridge and talked to more than 200 people out of jumping to their deaths. He... He's one of my favorite interviews. I think he has a lot of really um, good insight to talk about. Um, Tones actually mentions dreams and nightmares, but he talks about, you know, when you have a nightmare or a dream, uh, or sorry, when you have a nightmare, what did you eat? People always ask you, what did you eat before bed? So he's talking about sugar mm-hmm. and sugar before bed, you might have a nightmare. Um, so, yeah. So the Suicide Awareness documentary, I started that in 2015 and it's finally going to be released um, in May this year. We're going to do um, theatrical screening of it May 1st and then it will be released online on its official website. And um, is there anything specific you want to ask about it? Cause I don't know.
0: I just wanted to know more about it. And I love that you included the, the dreams because I do think that, you know, that's such a decision that you have to make it's a conscious decision that you make to live but it's also subconscious programming that you're fighting against so it really does come back to dreams Um, so yeah i just wanted people to know about it because i think it's a really important film and where they can see it what it's called all of that
1: yeah you are one of the lucky ones who's actually seen the film i was at the screening yes yeah but it yeah I think that this film will will help a lot of people who need it um I also it was important to me to add information about nutrition because I think a lot of people don't realize um the connection to food and their brain or a lack of protein and how a lack of protein will make you depressed or anxious. A lot of people don't even realize that. Um, It's because I talk to people and they have no clue that what they're eating, that the sugar they're eating could cause a nightmare or the lack of protein in their diet could be causing depression. So there's other factors involved. And I think, I don't think it's a one size fits all when it comes to, and I'm not saying that diet is the cure for everybody who's depressed. I mean, people have chemical imbalances in the brain. There's all sorts of issues going on but i do think that's an issue that is not looked at as much as it needs to be i think that's something that affects a lot of people um that they don't even realize i think people have nutritional deficiencies that affect them in ways they're not even aware of and so it was important to me to add that in the film and then when tones mentioned sugar and nightmares i was like yes because you're continuing to promote what i'm already saying about food in the brain it is it is really spot on and it's
0: amazing and that is, you know, one of the things that I'm constantly trying to put out into the world is, you know, about how sugar, especially sugar, but also the lack of protein and healthy fats, too, for our brains. Yeah. But sugar is just beyond kind of one of the worst drugs around there. And it's just kind of everywhere. And it so affects our sleep and, really? and our way of being and our daydreaming and
2: everything. So I'm so glad you brought that up.
1: <laughs> we need carbohydrates our brain needs carbohydrates our brain needs protein but nothing in our body needs artificial sugar no it's I mean a- you know if I, I I prefer to get my sugar from fruits um because that's nature and I think my body can process that better um but I don't eat fruit before I go to bed yeah yeah that makes sense
0: Well, I'm really curious to see uh, for those people who do dream journal, if they could perhaps maybe make a little note at the bottom of their page, what kind of things they ate the night before. And then when they're figuring out their dream types and uh, how that affected them, did, did the sugar or the, you know, I've heard cheese can affect dreams as well. What does the food that we eat do to what our subconscious mind is processing and
1: the physiological aspects of dreaming. So. Right. And you know, the other thing about that is about sugar is that sugar is in everything. So it's hard to get away from, I was just talking about that with a friend last night and we're talking about diet and nutrition and sugar is in everything. So it's really hard to get away from um, it. Unless people are disciplined and aware because it's, very very difficult that's actually a real quick aside (laughs) we've had to start taking
0: um, our daughter to school a little bit late because it's wonderful they have a free breakfast program they make sure that every kid gets fed and I think that is absolutely amazing but unfortunately for us you know we already feed her a good breakfast that's full of healthy proteins and fats and non-refined carbohydrates Um, but then they get to school and there's things like chocolate milk and you know Fruit juice with sugar in it and white bread, and you know, like bagels stuffed with fake strawberry cream cheese, and you know, all of these things. And I'm just imagining this little 35 pound body trying to learn and process information, and then get home, and then you know, go visit the grandparents, and then eat another 50 grams of sugar, and come home and be up till midnight, and not get enough sleep, and have wild dreams, and so. Yeah, I think that, uh, I think one of the best things we can do for ourselves and for our kids is to just be really conscious and aware of how sugar affects our dreams and our livelihoods
1: more broadly. Isn't it amazing that they load kids up on sugar and <laughs> then want them to sit down and be quiet and then tell them if they can't sit down and be quiet, they have an attention deficit disorder? Yeah. That just boggles my mind in the most amazing way
0: Yeah, it does mine too. Yeah. There was uh, another school thing where they, it was like a movie where all the kids had created their own film, which was super cute. And so like all the grades did their own, but the whole thing was like 50 minutes long, which is already kind of a long time for little, little, little ones to sit still. But then they had cookies and cakes and cupcakes and stuff sitting out and then the kids were just eating as many as they wanted and then the teachers were running over and yelling at the kids for <laughs> running around when they could have just been sitting there you know being essentially environmentally hypnotized by the film and kind of taking all it all in and processing what they had done so i feel like that was a, a missed opportunity due to sugar overload but <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the fact that there are educators loading kids up on sugar and then wanting them to sit still and be quiet is making me look at the educators like they need some education about nutrition because they're expecting the impossible. You cannot, if I give my children a bunch of sugar and then ask them to sit down, I'm going to lose my mind because they're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> And there's five of them and one of me, so no, like I can't even, and, and you're talking about a teacher who has like 25 charges in her care, and I've only got five, and uh, no, I wouldn't, I, no, <laughs> yeah. just the idea of that, oh, it's giving me anxiety just to think about loading that many kids up yeah. sugar and expecting them to sit still, like, you gotta let them go, that's when recess needs to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm really curious how many blood sugar crashes attribute to the night terrors that kids often have because they're, you or
2: know-
1: Poor and Ill- inability to focus. Sure. These are loaded on sugar, and sugar is a drug that is more addictive and more dangerous than nicotine, more addictive than heroin. It's, we're all addicted to it and don't even realize. Even cigarettes, nicotine, tobacco contain sugar. Yeah, so one of our colleagues who works with addiction talks about sugar and how sugar is, when you're talking about alcoholics, you're talking about sugar, when you're talking about cigarettes, you're talking about sugar. And it's like, wow, I didn't even, I wouldn't even make that connection. Are you addicted to alcohol or addicted to sugar or both? Yeah. It's a toxic combination when it's both, but like, yeah. how can you, if you're addicted to sugar, how do you break that? But Hey,
0: you know, we did the outline for this podcast and here we are.
1: We are. It's happening. That's what I'm, Britt, I planted so many seeds last year, and I'm like, this is where I was saying this to Joey the other day, because, you know, looking a year ago where my businesses were at, and where they're at now, even though I'm not financially where I want to be, it's getting there, and I see the seeds are planted, and Mm -hmm. so, yeah, we planted this podcast seed last year, and look at it now. We (laughs) sure did. I mean, this entire podcast was
0: a dream that is now coming into fruition, so, you know, thank you for your part in, in helping me with that with some of the production side and, and okay. being my interviewee.
1: Um, yeah. And I look forward to, we are going to make our dream documentary. That's going to happen at some point. Maybe we'll use some of the interviews from your podcast. Yeah, that could <laughs> be great. Cool. I do look forward to doing that one day as well. Yay.
0: Well, um, Jackie Blue, thank you so much for being on Human Dreaming. And I'm going to place all of the links to your social media um, on the podcast page. However, if
1: you would like to just let us know where you would like people to find you, you're welcome to let us know now. Yeah, um, you can find me at Jackie Blue Filmmaker on Instagram or Facebook. And um, www.jackieblue.net should have all the other information that links you to everywhere else. My hypnotherapy, my filmmaking, um, and my writing.
0: Wonderful. Well, again, Jackie Blue, thank you for being on Human Dreaming, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and happy dreaming to you.
1: Thank you. Have a great day,
0: Britt. We are supported by Human Dreaming, the dynamics of dream interpretation by Sunshine Press. The Human Dreaming book can be purchased on Amazon.com, the Barnes and Noble website or through your local bookstore. For dream share or help with interpretation, please join us at the Human Dreaming Facebook group. You can also find us on Instagram at human underscore dreaming. Thank you for listening and subscribing, and please join us again next week.